Hey everybody, I am Jay Hazelop, lead pastor of the Sanctuary Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're inspired, encouraged, and motivated to draw closer to God by today's message. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary Church. Enjoy the message. Do you agree with that? Shout amen. God bless you as you're seated. So I started a series of talks last, uh, last Sunday called Stranger Things, really talking about the power of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about signs and wonders and miracles, really talking about the activity that should be manifested in the kingdom of God, not in religion, but in the kingdom of God. Religion and the kingdom of God are two different things. They're not always the same things. When I first gave my life to Jesus, I remember starting to go to church at a spirit-filled Pentecostal holiness church. I came from punk rock, skateboard, and drug addiction. I radically have an encounter with Jesus. I show up at this little Pentecostal spirit-filled holiness church in the middle of revival where there are signs, wonders, and miracles happening. This is my first exposure to Christianity. I'm reading the Bible. I'm experiencing this. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is dynamite right here. This was awesome to me. I would tell other people about my experience. I would be like, man, I went to church Sunday and somebody got the devil cast out of them. Somebody came in with cancer and got healed. Somebody got prophesied over. There was a message given in tongues and somebody interpreted it. It was an amazing day. And religious people would be like, that sounds strange. And I quickly realized that there was a disconnect between religion and what God calls reality. Sometimes we say, you know, wow, that's strange. And I think God looks at much of Christianity in American culture and says, that's strange. We call his activity strange, but he refers to our lack of activity as strange. In Acts chapter 19, are you ready? Did I, did I tell you where to go? Acts chapter 19 is where I want you to go. I'm gonna break this down. I, we'll see where I go and what happens over the next 30 minutes. Acts chapter 19. How many of you love the word of God? Come on, you need to learn how to love God's word. Acts chapter 19, if you're there, say, I got it. Starting in verse 11, says, now God worked unusual miracles, just for the context of what we're talking about. Let's call it strange. Somebody say strange. God worked unusual strange miracles by the hands Come on, God works miracles through people's hands. Hebrews chapter six talks about the elementary principles of Christ. One of them is the doctrine of laying on of hands. What we call strange, God calls elementary. So there are miracles being worked through the hands of Paul so that even handkerchief and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. They literally would take pieces of material and go back and touch it to people and people experience deliverance and freedom. 
So this, back to the story when I first started going to church. I saw people doing things like this. I saw people, they'd go up and they'd get prayer cloths and they'd anoint them with oil and people would pray over them. People would come into agreement. I would see, I would see parents praying for their children. I remember hearing people talk about their children were on drugs and they would pray over prayer cloths and, and I would like, I'm like, what are they gonna do with those? And then I learned that they would actually do things like this. They would, they would go home and when their kids weren't there, they would take those little prayer cloths and they would hide it in the pillowcase of their children. I'm like, this is pretty incredible. And they would believe that the power of God would touch their children deliver their children, influence the way their children thought, open their children's hearts to give their life to Jesus. They would believe this. And people would come into agreement. You, there would be prayer. They, they'd come up, they'd get a prayer clause, and people would come into agreement. They would pray over those things. There's power in agreement. Amen. Jesus said, if any two or more of you touch any one thing in agreement, it'll be done by, you, by your Father in heaven. I think the reason some of us have just accepted for things to be the way that they are is because we're not using our faith anymore. We're allowing what is to influence how we feel and your feelings are not your faith. Faith isn't your feelings. Rather than using your faith to change what is by calling things that are not as though they are, standing on the promises of God, and getting people to come into agreement with you. You need people to come into agreement with you. A uh, long time ago, I had this van that we used it to haul all of our equipment around all over America for these events we would do. Sometimes it would sit, you know, not, not being used for extended periods of time and the battery sometimes would run dead. Sometimes I'd go out there and I'd, I'm like, let me see if it's got some power in it. And I'd put the key in it and turn the ignition and it'd go. Sometimes it would go, rrr, rrr. If you ever got in your car and it'd do that, like, rrr, or tick, 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 rrr, and then, and then if it fires up, ring. So I'm a skateboarder. I, skateboarders communicate with sound effects, you know. If you ever wonder why your kids at skate, they're like, hey, mom, go down here and just go and go this way. And strong probability they're a skater. And the, but so I would get into my van and every now and then, and, and it always feel really good when it would like go ring. You're like, so I don't have to jump it off. You're like, thank you, Jesus. But every now and then it'll, it'll go like, it would go like this, it'd go rear, rear, and you think it's gonna start like, oh, it's barely got enough power, it's gonna do it. And then I'll say, go rear, You're like, dang it. Then what do you do? You go get the, you go get your car with a full power battery, you pull it up to the one that's dead, and you get out the jumper cables, and there's a transference of power through the connection 
And sometimes we go through battles. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're like my old van. Sometimes because we're not actually staying engaged and walking with God and staying full of his presence, full of his power, there are moments in our life where we find ourselves in a situation where it's, oh my gosh, I need some power. I gotta get moving. And, we, and all of a sudden we go, tick, 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 tick. And then the power kicks in and we're like, whoa, we made it through that. And then there are other times where we're like, oh my gosh, I need some power to get through this. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have a, oh, I got to And then, oh, I just died. I'm stuck. And then if we're connected to the right people, the right people can come into agreement with us. There's a transference of power. It's like what's in them begins to get in you. It's called the law of impartation. It's scriptural. Paul said, I long to come to you. Today may impart to you. There's a difference between teaching and impartation. Sometimes they both work together, but the reality is there can be a spiritual impartation that bypasses your thinking. Because some of you need something to jump you off in your heart till your mind can catch up. Because if we wait for your mind to catch up before your heart gets changed, it might take a long time for it to get changed because you're stuck in your head. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's great when they both line up. That's the goal, the heart and the mind to line up with God. But there are these moments, there are these moments in life where when we come into agreement with each other, and that's what these people were doing. They're like coming into agreement. Somebody be in a battle and they're like, I'm going through this thing in my marriage. I, I, I need a miracle. I remember watching, watching people get these prayer cloths because, you know, maybe, maybe their spouse wasn't serving God and, and they were there all by them. I'm standing in the gap. I'm believing you, God, that you're going to work through my whole family. You're going to touch my spouse. You're going to move in my marriage. You're going to heal things. I, I remember watching stuff like that. And, and people would come into agreement. They'd get those prayer cloths. And they, I remember this one lady, she actually would hide them in her husband's shoes. She'd like go in his closet when he's not there and pray over his shoes and put these prayer cloths and anoint the bottom of his shoes. Like she'd pray over his shoes. I, I was like, wow, tell me about this praying over the shoes. She's like, yeah, I pray that, the, that every time he puts his shoes up, that his feet would be bound to the path of righteousness. <laughs> then he'd walk on the path that Jesus has for him. I'm like, this is amazing. God answer prayer like that? She's like, absolutely he will. There's power and agreement. You saw these miracles happening. So I started trying some of that stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna do some of that. I'm getting prayer cloths and I'm putting it in my children's room and I discovered people are anointing things with oil. I got some oil. I started anointing my children's bedposts. I started praying that they'd have sweet dreams. I started praying that God would influence their life and God's hand would be on their life and God would help them to surrender to him. I started anointing everything that was in their room, rebuking everything that would try to come against them that was outside of his plan what the world calls strange. Why do we call the things of God strange? I'm gonna tell you why. Because culture has greater influence over your thinking than scriptural has over your thinking. And so when they brought these things, these diseases went out and evil spirits left. And you may be thinking, evil spirits? I'm just gonna act like those things don't exist. In your denial doesn't somehow make them go away. Like if I just pretend like they don't exist, then they won't bother me. Sorry, they've probably already influenced you. 
evil spirits. People need to know that you don't have to be afraid of an evil spirit. I don't think everything that moves has an evil spirit. I'm not that kind of person that believes everybody's got a devil. But I'm thankful that the people that led me to Jesus, they believed in the power of God. When I gave my life to Jesus, see, there was a generational curse in my family. Even though my family was very successful outside of the house, they were a wreck internally. They were smart professionally, but they struggled with addiction. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My mother was a heavy partier. I was this major drug addict. This curse was being passed down from generation to generation. Mayor Charles Gilchrist, the man that led me to Jesus, entrepreneur, businessman, led me to Jesus. Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, now that you're leading him to me, break every curse off of him. Because he told me, he said, look, he said, I sent some witchcraft. Well, my mom was a hippie. I remember people laying in our floor doing like new age witchcraft. We had a dog named Wicca. Who the heck names their animal? I mean, could you imagine? I go to school. I'm in elementary school. Yeah, my dog's named Wicca. Might as well said, I come from a family full of witches. So I remember. Yeah, poor dog. It was a black Afghan hound too at that. It's like, here comes Wicca. And. But that man that led me to Jesus, he said, I sent some witchcraft in and he anointed me with oil. He said, I take authority over this stuff. I break every generational bloodline curse off of you. And I didn't have these wild demonic manifestations. It wasn't like Linda Blair and the exorcist. My head didn't spin around. I spit up green pea soup. But I felt, I felt spiritual release. I felt all the hurt, all the pain, all the weight, all the garbage of everything. It was like supernaturally something went into my soul and began to lift it. I felt it come off of me. It's like my hair was sticking straight up. Then he prayed. I thank God for people who don't care what culture says, that are more concerned about what God says than what the world says. He, he, he didn't even ask me. He didn't even ask me. He just started praying that I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And God baptized me in the Holy Spirit right there. I got saved. I got curses broken. Got filled with the Holy Spirit all in five minutes. All in five minutes. People need to know. Now, I, once again, I don't believe everything has a devil because now, every now and then as a pastor, I've discovered you've got some lazy people that'll come up and say, cast this away. And I'm like, you can't cast the flesh away. Your problem in the devil, your problem is you're lazy and you're not working out your salvation and your flesh is running wild with you and your flesh has more control over you than the word of God, the spirit of God, the things of God. You've got to crucify your flesh. You've got to roll up your sleeve and step into the pain so that you can find freedom on the other side. Can't cast the flesh away. But then every now and then there are people that really are trying to get free. And they're trying to like crucify. It's like, okay, I gotta crucify this thing. And, and it's not the flesh, it's actually a spirit. Because we all know, at least I know a bunch of people that have over the years that, I mean, they've really tried. They've tried to get free from addiction. They've tried to get free from different types of things that had them bound. Some people have lust issues. 
They have pornography issues. They have sexual sin issues. Some people have gluttony issues. There's all kinds of jealousy issues, rejection issues, fear issues. These things can be spirits. They're not always spirits, but they can be spirits. And sometimes people are trying, I just gotta change the way I think. I just gotta crucify what I'm going through and I'm gonna find freedom on the other side. And that is an, that's a very important part, but sometimes that's not good enough. Sometimes you gotta rise up and understand that God has given you authority and understand you can use that authority and say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this devil. I break its powers. You are not gonna operate me. You're not gonna operate my children and I drive you away in Jesus' name. I am purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am property of the most high God. You are not gonna influence me any longer. I kick you out in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And so these miracles were happening. And honestly, I think a lot of people are disappointed in Christianity, in American culture. Because people have real issues. People are facing real battles. You know, in a cute little three-point sermon, nice little soft music, Serving a plastic Jesus just isn't changing their life. It's like I came to get some hope and I'm leaving disappointed. I came to get my life changed, but I'm not experiencing change. There's people running around struggling with issues. Oh, I tried that. The problem is you tried that and you didn't try Jesus. Now, you, you wanted to try Jesus, but when you got around some Christians or got around certain churches, you didn't encounter Jesus. You encountered a plastic Jesus in soft religion because we think it's a strange thing to talk about the power of God. Churches don't even, they, they, that's strange. Don't call people to the altar. That's, it's gonna make people feel uncomfortable. What are you talking about? People come in there, their lives are hanging in the balance. We need to say there's power at the altar. Come down there, get prayer, let people pray over you. Respond to God, respond to the word of God. Express some faith, step out. So what happened here, this is in Acts 19. By the way, Acts is the blueprint for how church should be. What God calls normal what unfortunately many Christians call strange. So in Acts 19, verse starting verse 13, he said, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. There's nothing personal in their communication. They're not saying any authority of Jesus' name, the Jesus we walk with, the Jesus we serve, but they're just saying, hey, the Jesus that... That guy over there preaches. Says that we exercise you by this Jesus that that guy preaches. Also, says also there were these seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So here you got these seven sons trying to do the same thing. They're like, wow, there's power in that name. We, we're not connected to the name, but there's power in that name. It says, and the evil spirit answered. Now, let me just give a little side note for all the people that just won't play around, don't want to get serious about God. 
You better be careful because there's going to come a day where evil's going to start talking back to you. It says, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Touch the person next to you and say, who are you? Use hand sanitizer when you get done with that. Just kidding. Says, who are you? These devils recognize these people really didn't have authority. They're trying to exercise authority, but they really have no authority. Says, in the man in whom the evil spirit said, the evil spirit was, leapt on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Could you imagine? Could you imagine like all of a sudden you got these preachers that don't really know Jesus. Some demon possessed guy comes to church and, and the preacher and all the Christians run out of the church. They're all beat up naked running down Baker Street and the demon, the demon people took over the house of God. Contextually, like let's make it applicable. I, I've seen people slither like a snake in the, on, the, on the ground. Their tongue like a serpent. There, there was a, uh, the town we used to live in, a very successful, well-known paper, uh, newspaper. New editor comes to town. His wife's a Christian. She starts coming to the church I'm a part of. We're in a prayer meeting one night, about 20 of us. We're praying and the Holy Spirit shows up. Power of God's there. All of a sudden, she slithers out of her chair, starts slithering across the floor. I'm like, Mr. Editor, come get your wife. I didn't do that. We said in the authority of Jesus' name, we take authority over this devil. We break the powers of it. We command it to loose her and let her go. She got deliverance set free. Revival, I was in this revival. It broke out, real revival. I'm not talking about just something that makes you feel good for a day or two. I'm talking about something that changes your life forever type revival. And it, we, I don't know we're, how long it'd been going, maybe six months. The chief of police's wife came. She had been battling with this uh, mental illness issue. She came, the power of God hit her. She fell out like she was out. And we're just having church. People are being touched. The power of God's being touched. When his wife doesn't come home, he shows up. Chief of police shows up at the church. Y'all see my wife? Yeah, she's right back there laying on the floor. <laughs> he picks her up, puts her in his car and drives home. Pulls in his garage, shuts the door. He leaves her in the back seat and goes in and goes to bed. The next day when she woke up, she was forever changed. People need to know that there are free, there's freedom. There's real freedom. I, I think in this culture, and I, there, listen, I am the biggest proponent to like grace and love. I, I love grace and love. But I think sometimes, look, there are people that have self-deceived themselves and they're actually coddling their issues masking it with grace and love rather than saying there's the power of God that can change me. There's the power of God that can free me. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I can get free from this thing. I don't have to walk as a prisoner and in bondage to this thing for the rest of my life. I can be free. 